everyone starts pulling out Bibles and I was embarrassed. I was like, I'm absolutely in the wrong group, but I was too embarrassed. So I just stayed, I stayed the whole time. I didn't want to leave. Do you need a spiritual spark? Are you feeling run down or run over? Are you ready to eliminate the spiritual ups and downs? This is Fresh Faith in Real Life. Let's restore life in your walk with Christ. We'll dive into our featured guest interviews, biblical devotional thoughts, answers to your questions, and more. Your walk with Christ isn't meant to be a performance. It's all about relationship. Let's get to know Jesus and experience fresh faith in real life. Here's John Fugler. Welcome to episode number two, and I'm so glad you joined us in this brand new podcast. Oh, here's what you can expect this episode. He accidentally walked into a Bible study and came to know Christ. We'll find out what's happened since. We'll hear that story. And we'll also learn how to recover from spiritual dryness and the importance of spiritual mentors, how prayer leads to oneness with God, and how would you like to win something big? just in time to get your new year off to the right start with Jesus. I'll share how you can do that. This is Fresh Faith in Real Life, where we lead you on a path to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. It's here that you'll meet people who are experiencing fresh faith in real life. Real people, real life, and fresh faith. Hey there, I'm John Fugler, and I tell people I'm a recovering performaholic for Jesus. I'm a former athlete. That contributes to that. Uh, I'm an author, a podcaster, of course, a Christian radio visionary. Uh, I'm a ministry leader, also a husband, father, grandfather. And most importantly, this, I want to know Jesus more each day. Paul's words in Philippians 3.8 is where I go, and I remind myself to this, what is more I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Ah, I love that verse. I'm also the founder and CEO of Fresh Faith 24-7. It's a movement of believers desperate to know Jesus. Uh, We lead you on a path to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. And are you stuck in your Christian walk? Is it dry? Uh, Let me just invite you to check out freshfaith247.com, freshfaith247.com. It's there where you'll find uh, a life-changing membership. It's complimentary too. Can't beat the price, freshfaith247.com. Well, I'm looking forward to our guest this week. He's got a lot of things to share with us from his heart. And we've got a a short devotional I want to share with you. Our, Our focus is on prayer in this episode. And that's, of course, important in in our, our walk with Christ, and we talk about intimacy with Jesus, talk about knowing Jesus. Of course, uh, prayer is all about that, and it's a big, big element to this intimacy, to this walk. Uh, but I was reading an article in the Christian Post. Let me pull that out here. And the headline said this, uh, Pastors fought hard during the pandemic, and they need your prayers. Well, they're still fighting hard. Uh, it's it's a tough time. We just got back from California, where the church uh, that we went to for 17 years they uh, they've been meeting outside for 15 months. Imagine that. Imagine the pressure that puts on a pastor and the whole pastoral staff. And there are so many things that a pastor had to do. 
uh, during this time. I I know so many pastors preached to no one, <laughs> preached to an empty room, learned all about Zoom and preaching to an audience that was out there somewhere. And that's hard for a pastor to do that. Pastor loves the congregation, and so it's tough. Uh, a number of other things, dealing with political issues, you know, closed, not closed, should we wear a mask, should we not wear a mask, all these things add to the pressure of just leading the church and preaching the gospel. So um, in this whole thing of, of prayer, as we emphasize that, not just in our own personal life, but can I ask you to do what this article concluded with this, says, as we approach the end of 2021, remember your pastors in your prayers. Remember the sacrifices they made and struggles they faced to help lead the faithful through a period of unprecedented crisis and strife. And it's not over. It's not over. If you're in the U.S., uh, it depends on where you live, how strict it is and how hard it is. If you're overseas, uh, internationally, away from the U.S., then I talked to somebody just the other day in one country where they're not sure whether they're going to be able to meet for Christmas in churches because things have gotten so bad as far as uh, COVID and restrictions and all that. So please pray for our pastors as we head into into Christmas. It should be a time of joy and pray it will be. And I know Christmas time is is a time where pastors, they, they love it. It's the hardest time, I think, hardest season, but it's a it's a great time of joy. So please pray for your pastor. I want to let you know about uh, this that is available to you free. Uh, you talk about prayer. It's called the 21 Day Fresh Faith Experience. I wrote this devotional. Renewing Your Walk with Christ is the subtitle, and that's the objective of this. As you go through this, spend like five minutes each day reading through one of these devotions. And then there's a place for journaling. As the Lord brings things to mind, you can jot down your prayer requests, a list, or just what the maybe a prayer to God. Uh, and you can have this devotional. It's it's a download. Uh, if you want to write something down, you have to print it out. But it's a, it's short, and you can go to our website, freshfaith twenty four seven dot com, freshfaith two four seven dot com, and click on. 21 day. It's in the menu, 21 day, and that'll get you the download. I invite you to do that. And with that, there's a bonus. You get a membership in Fresh Faith 24-7, complimentary membership. And what is Fresh Faith 24-7? I just told you it is a, it's a free membership. It's a movement of believers who are desperate to know Jesus. That's what it's all about. Um, one of the benefits is that and I, I really harp on this, is you achieve freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. If you're dry in your walk with the Lord, it may be because you're performing for Jesus. You've lost that, that spark and relationship with him. And I have the Freedom Path training inside Fresh Faith 24-7 that you can go through, help you out, maybe as we get to the end of this year or Use it as you start 2021. Speaking of, or 2022, excuse me. Uh, speaking of starting the new year, I'll have something later on that will help you tremendously for that. So let's uh, move into a short uh, devotional thought on prayer as we get things going in this episode. And then on to our interview. Uh, Jesus poured his heart out to the Father for us in one of the most magnificent prayers that you'll read in the Bible. John 17, 
you'll see some of the strongest and most, most moving prayer language that's recorded in Scripture. Jesus prays that God will sanctify us. Know the only true God. Keep us from the evil one. And that we might be perfectly one with each other. What a privilege we have that the Savior himself prayed such a high prayer to the Father. There's one thing that we can easily miss in this prayer as we read it. It's John 17. Go back and, and read that when you can. And it's verse 21. It's tucked near the end where it says, Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us. So Jesus says, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Jesus is praying for our oneness with the Father and with himself. Isn't that beautiful? Our Savior wants to be one with us. It's amazing. It's fantastic. And as Jesus describes it, he wants us to be in him and in his Father the exact same way he and the Father are in each other. I can't think of a better one-liner that describes our oneness with God. Who would want to be one with the Father and the Son? It's a picture of love and unity. Our heartbeat is the, the heartbeat of God. If we lived in oneness with Jesus all the time, our relationship would be incredibly rich. Now, I know that's ideal, but... You've experienced, you might be there right now. He said, man, I feel more one with Jesus than I ever have. Or reflect on a time or where it was that way. And God longs for oneness with you. Oneness of heart, oneness of mind, oneness of spirit. If Jesus prays for our oneness with him, shouldn't we? Maybe that simple prayer is, is the most important path to oneness with our loving father and his son, Jesus. Uh, we certainly know how to do Christian things to please God, how to, how to win his favor. And I'm pretty good at that. It becomes performance Christianity, and that's something I'm, I'm getting away from, and I've been able to work through. It creeps up on me, though. But really, do, does God want us to try to please him and earn his favor to, to do Christian things? No, I don't think so. What if a prayer of oneness with God is the answer? Not once, not twice, but consistently, often. When we come to Jesus with a vulnerable and open heart, when we seek his face, something happens. Something happens. He reveals himself to us in a new way. He also reveals what keeps us from oneness with him. Uh, you know, those attitudes, those Actions, words, feelings, habits, or just a, a lukewarm heart towards him. We can deal with those things and release them to God. We can confess sin if that's necessary. Prayer is simply talking with God and listening to him. So if you want to be one with him, honest prayer opens the door. And pray for oneness, just as Jesus prayed for oneness. We should pray as well. A thought there on prayer as we open things up here. And God is uh, just doing a, a mighty thing in the heart of our guest. And I, I hope and pray that you'll, you'll gain a lot from what he has to share with us. Joseph McCormick uh, is going to share with us about what it's like to get out of a rut. He'll share about mentorship. He'll share about how he has 
a daily time with God? What's the routine he goes through and how he keeps that fresh and some other things? I enjoyed talking to Joseph uh, when the heat was on. (laughs) We're in North Carolina, so in the summer, the heat is on. (laughs) And I caught him just after he uh, took a long walk. So he was tired. But man, you wouldn't believe it. He had a lot of energy in this interview. And when we come back, we'll we'll then visit what that one takeaway is, that one thing that we can take with us for our relationship with Jesus. So here's my interview with Joseph. Just like a half hour ago, you needed some freshness to your faith, didn't you? Ooh, yeah, man. Started the day, some really good, very intense pastoral care conversations. And I walked out of those feeling like I'm kind of mentally a zombie kind of spiritually feel like a zombie right now. feel like I just kind of like poured it all, left it all in the field. And I had to, had to get away, had to, I actually went on a walk around a nearby lake and it's like 95 degrees out. So I'm just like sweating buckets and people are, well, there was no one else on the trail. So they, everyone else was intelligent. But for me, that was just, man, I had to, had to break up the routine a little bit, uh, get Mm -hmm. out, talk to Jesus a little bit. And that was so good. Yeah. So do you feel better? Uh, I'm still pretty sweaty, but I do feel better. <laughs> Spiritually, I feel better. Internally, you feel better. Yeah, yeah that's right. I probably the, need to hydrate a little bit better. <laughs> you were drained and you knew you had this interview coming up and you go, oh man, more output, more output. Um, but uh, Joseph is a pastor, as he mentioned, in uh, North Carolina. And he was born and raised in North Carolina, then uh, went away for a few years where he pastored. I'm going to let you uh, fill that in as you went to the Rocky Mountain State to do some pastoral work, but, um, yeah, that's right. I just got to ask you, uh, before I even get into you as a pastor, uh, tell us about Joseph. How, how did you come to know the Lord? Yeah. Great question. Yeah. So I actually went to UNC Chapel Hill, uh, which is, uh, you know, university, uh, here in North Carolina. And so I actually, uh, accidentally walked in on a Bible study. Accidentally, I, uh, I thought it was my political science study group. And it was not. Uh, I stepped in and maybe sat there embarrassingly long before I realized I was in the wrong room. I actually had gone to the seventh floor in my dorm instead of the eighth floor. And so uh, God had kind of, I don't know, kind of providentially made that happen. And so everyone starts pulling out Bibles and I was embarrassed. I was like, I'm absolutely in the wrong group, but I was too embarrassed. So I just stayed. I stayed the whole time. I didn't want to leave. Uh, and I got to talking to the Bible study leader afterwards and he asked me what I thought about all this. I said, I don't know, man, I got so many questions. And he said, you're not alone. Let's, let's get lunch. And he was a senior and he started pouring into me, bought me my first Bible. Uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, gave my life to Christ when I was, I was 19 at the end of my freshman year. That is awesome. Talk about a divine appointment. You can't, yeah. you can't mistake that, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, that's so funny. Fun and, um, out. so you, you came to Christ, went through your uh, college years, and I know you're a pastor now. So what was that transition? How did that happen from, you know, college student coming to Christ, graduate? How did you know and how did God lead you into the pastorate? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I always joke that, you know, uh, when my wife first met me, I was uh, pre-law with a full head of hair. And now I'm a bald pastor. So I, I made out like a bandit in that deal. And she's like, it's <laughs> a good old bait and switch. Uh, but yeah, towards the end of senior year, uh, I was I had gotten so involved with InterVarsity was the campus ministry I mm-hmm. came to faith with, served with them a ton, um, really fell in love with the word, really fell in love with uh, developing leaders. And my senior year felt a call to ministry. And so waited around for a year uh, for my wife to graduate. And then uh, we moved off to 
Colorado to to the Rocky Mountains. I think we had been married about one and a half weeks and then we really? made the move and we just packed up everything in a van and moved out to Denver Seminary. So that's where I did my uh, uh, master in divinity. She got her master's in counseling. Uh, so I get free therapy all the oh, time. That's good. You need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes, oh. She has started charging me though. So that's a little embarrassing. You, you got another baby coming too, just a few weeks. That's now. right. Baby girl number three. Oh, you're um, really going to yeah. need some therapy. Oh, that's the truth. I, yeah. It's, it's wild and crazy. Our house is covered in stickers. There's stickers everywhere. The cat's covered in stickers. I just, yeah. Oh, I, so you uh, got married a week and a half later. You found yourself in Colorado. I guess that was kind of like a honeymoon, wasn't it? I mean, talking about North Carolina to Colorado, that's a different kind of world. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of going from, well, especially for us, because uh, I had been here my whole life. She had been here for most of her you know, adult life. And so making that jump out of there, we didn't know anybody. I mean, we, it was a, I, we had literally never visited the, the campus, the seminary. We had not visited. She had been to Colorado when she was a kid, but I'd never been. And so to make this kind of leap of faith into seminary, into a whole new, whole new life, it was actually, it was actually great for our marriage. When you, when you don't know anyone, you just spend a lot of time hanging out with each other. So oh. we became even better friends. That was great. That is so cool. That's so cool. And how did you know, how did God call you into the ministry? Uh, that's you packed up, went to Colorado, went to Denver Seminary. How'd yeah. you know that, that was that was? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I I was one of those uh, college undergrads where I probably I no exaggeration. I bet I changed my major twelve times or so, hmm. and just kind of one of those just bouncing around trying to figure out okay, what are my gifts? How am I how am I sewn up? What is God calling me to do? Um, I love Jesus, but I really want to figure out you know what's the expression of that. And I just started having especially a lot of mentors uh, at the time who really started affirming gifts of, of leadership, uh, of uh, shepherding, um, really just, again, that passion for the word. And uh, so there was kind of an external call. I think that kind of started to stir some internal stuff up in me. I was like, man, I, you know, maybe there's a way, maybe this is the way that God has prepared me for this. Uh, my story, I, I think I was super insecure at the time. I think I was like, I've been a Christian, like less time than most people like own a car. Like I'm, I have not, you know, uh, I'm really not qualified to even consider a call to ministry. Um, and so I had, uh, some time to work through that and uh, some growing pains, even in seminary of kind of getting over that, that hurdle of insecurity. Um, well, yeah. when you're in seminary, you know, you're taking lots of classes, you're learning all the your biblical training, Bible study, uh, deep, deep, deep stuff. And we're talking about fresh faith. I'm going to drill you some of these types of questions. How did you maintain fresh faith and not have just an academic experience? Yeah, man, that's so good. I think, so I'm going somewhere with this. I think God has, has known that I'm, I'm really going to get into trouble on my own uh, spiritually. And so because of that, God has really orchestrated just throughout my, my faith development. I have had consistent, just incredible mentors. And so starting out in seminary, probably... I mean, I would say maybe a month in, maybe two months in to my seminary, three-year seminary experience, I connected with a local pastor, um, and he actually walked me through even what to expect in seminary, which there's the old joke, you know, oh, you're going to cemetery, are you? It's where, <laughs> it's where faith goes to die, and because it is so academic, it is so rigorous, you're, you're really um, you know, critiquing and analyzing and developing these, uh, these skills, and um, you're doing it in some ways kind of in a vacuum, and, uh, and so he really encouraged me, he really challenged me, he said, he actually gave me this rocking chair image. Um, this kind of word picture of, Hey, in, in seminary, you, you know, you're obviously you're, you're rocking forward, you're leaning in, you're studying, do not forget 
to rock back. You've got to create rhythms. You actually have to create an awareness of, okay, I'm studying about Jesus. Rock back now. Am I actually experiencing Jesus? Am I, am I talking to Jesus? Am I uh, um, really living out the joys of a relationship with him? And so that, that metaphor stuck with me just all throughout seminary. And I think actually served me really well through some really, I think some, some dry patches, some rough years there of creating this rhythm of rocking back of not just learning about him, but spending time with him. Well, that's uh, that's important because we get into that. And I'm sure throughout your ministry life, you could get into that, but learning that at the outset, that's, mm. that's like gold. That's yeah. like gold. Oh, yeah. And I think some of those who are watching right now, well, we're not seminarians, we're not pastors, but we get into studying the word and I'm a guy who likes to use Bible study guides. Mm. It, it keeps me focused, mm -hmm. but I can go into the academic mode rather than the relationship mode. When you counsel guys and in their, in their Bible study and in their relationship with Jesus, do you encounter that much where, where it becomes academic for them and you need to, to work with them on that? Yeah, you know, it really depends on the context, especially I'm, I'm at a non-denominational church that doesn't have quite the, you don't want to say academic rigor, but we, we don't have like a nearby seminary where we have seminary students coming in quite as much. But yeah, occasionally in, in my current context, you still will have people who, um, the the equation that I kind of drop in my head is uh, is information equals discipleship. And I, oh, I, I want to be a disciple. So I need to, I need to know more. I need to learn more. I need to study more. And that's, God loves information. I mean, he, you know, Jesus is the Logos. I mean, he, he loves knowledge. He loves truth. Um, but knowing a lot about someone uh, isn't the same as knowing them. And mm. so, I, yeah, I, that's, a, that's a differentiation. I try to, try to perceive and try to lovingly uh, point out uh, really quickly. Uh, spouses are, is, a, is a great example, right? I mean, um, as a husband, you know, you could I won't quiz you on the spot, but I'm sure you could rattle off, you know, your wife's, you know, favorite, uh, you know, uh, flowers and candy bar and her birthday and all these things about her. And that's, that's great stuff that, you know, that maybe a lot of people don't know, but we, it's just not the same as spending time with her and knowing her. Yeah. And how do you, uh, how do you translate that to your spiritual life? I, I love where you're going with this. Uh, information doesn't equal discipleship. So I get that equal sign with a line through it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, how, yeah. how do you translate that into your relationship with Jesus and what you tell others? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think one of the, probably the most important uh, designations, you know, you know uh, approaches, paradigms you need to uh, take in mind is it really is this, this idea of doing life with Jesus. Uh, pretty, pretty often we think about um, time with God is, is my quiet time. And again, I, I have a quiet time every day. I love that time. I look forward to that time. Um, but there really is, uh, and there really are so many opportunities to be inviting Jesus into the daily moments, um, uh, practicing, uh, practicing the presence is a, as a book that I've, uh, brother Lawrence, brother, Lawrence, yes, I want to say, yes, yes, brother Lawrence. Yeah. You're my second uh, guest who has cited. Is that, that right? Book. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it just, it's such a simple, such a short read, but it really celebrates this idea that, man, there are these God moments littered throughout the day, every single step of the way that God absolutely cares about that 30 minutes or so in the morning when it's just you and him. But when your kids are throwing a tantrum and you're about to lose it, like he cares about that. And so again, casting this vision, really recognizing that we, we worship a God who is, who is, I mean, he's Emmanuel. He is with us, not just in our quiet times, but throughout the rest of the day. Um, so I think trying to cultivate a, an awareness when I'm sitting down and counseling someone or, or investing in someone, uh, a lot of my questions will be centered around relational questions. 
Uh, what, what do you love to do? Uh, what are the activities that are exciting to you in your day or stressful in your day? Okay, now what would it look like to invite Jesus to be a part of that, uh, to cultivate an awareness of him throughout every part of your day, not, not just in this segmented time, usually at the start of the day, maybe, maybe at the end of the day, right before bedtime. That's, that's brilliant. And I, I know I'm listening to this and others are listening to this and they're going, wow, Joseph, that is great. I wish I had that. Um, I've got this quiet time thing down, but I wish I had that during the day. So can you dig a little deeper in that? How do you cultivate that? How do you, how do you develop that relationship where it's moment by moment, what you're talking about? Yeah, I think uh, a great place to start. And uh, I actually usually lead with this in conversations because it's, it's a little bit, uh, it's just relevant in kind of pop psychology right now. Uh, just this, this attitude of gratitude. But if you're really struggling to see where God is, is active or you know, where he's at in your day-to-day life, start, start with places of gratitude. I mean, the science is there. Studies have been done. You know, numerous studies have come out. I mean, just the, the incredible power uh, and influence that gratitude has on our minds and our attitudes. Um, but in those moments of, hey, are you trying to cultivate an awareness of God's presence? Hey, what are you, what are you thankful for right now? When God feels distant, uh, when he seems... Um, uh, unapproachable, start with those places of gratitude. Um, those really are, I mean, those are doorways into uh, a relationship. Um, so, so that's so definitely that could be kind of a, yeah. a, a trigger, you know, be, be saying to myself, Oh, thankful, thankfulness. What am I thankful for? So yeah, 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 yeah. I, I actually had a buddy in Colorado who uh, he put like uh, little, little green dots everywhere and just like on his notebooks and on his, uh, on his phone, he had one on the back of his phone. I mean, how many, how often do we touch our phones throughout the day? Yeah. And whenever he would see that dot, it would trigger. It was like, Hey, I want to be grateful. Like I actually want to say something I'm grateful for. Um, and that helped him uh, again, the visual connection to kind of a mental connection mm. um, again. I, I get it now. You just talked about your, your kids with stickers all over the place. No that's right. That's right. Down. Everywhere you look. There's, oh, I'm, I'm really grateful for all these stickers. Yeah. Through, he said, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, take, take me back a little bit uh, to you're coming out of seminary and you go into the pastorate. Give us an idea of what you were doing there in Colorado as a pastor. Yeah. So I, uh, kind of the running joke while I was on staff there was, uh, Joseph, uh, his don't, we, we're not even gonna tell you what jobs, uh, jobs, uh, what Joseph's job title is. Cause it's probably gonna change in about a week. Um, so I was an unpaid pastoral intern. I was part-time student ministry, full-time student ministry, children's pastor, family ministries, pastor, kind of all encompassing associate pastor. I'm pretty sure I was like the coffee pastor at one point. Uh, so I had a, a wide variety of roles, which I, I really love. I'm kind of a restless, uh, restless spirit. So I really like the idea of getting to do a lot of different things. Um, but, you know, majority of my time really was connecting with people um, and then eventually uh, preparing and preaching messages. Um, mm. yeah. So tell me of all those things and everything you're doing now too, what do you enjoy most about being a pastor? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think that it would come down for me uh, to, like, I think leadership development. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's probably, I don't know if that, maybe that's a typical answer. Maybe it's not, but there, for me, there is something uh, incredible about investing into people and then seeing them do even better than I would. Like that's probably, that's probably the most encouraging moment for me ever in ministry uh, is that feeling of being able to step back and say, not only is this person like 
running with this and in their passion and their competencies and their integrity I mean, better than I, or as good as I was, but even better than I would be. So I mm-hmm. always love that. I kind of always joked like, Hey, I'm no one ever is going to accuse me of being the greatest leader around, but I'm, I'm pretty good at making other people look better <laughs> or be better. <laughs> um, so I really uh, savor that. Enjoy that a whole lot. Uh, take me to the other night. Uh, you gave me a sneak peek into this in your men's group. Uh, when yeah. I asked you to be a guest here on, on Fresh Faith 24-7, uh, you had something happen along this lines of Fresh Faith. So paint that picture for us. So it's so interesting. I think you shot me a text saying, hey, would you, everyone else has said no, Joseph. Would you say yes? No, just, I've, I've <laughs> no. gone, you're the bottom of the list now. Um, but yeah, you would send me a message asking me to do this. I was like, it's so funny. In my men's group, uh, literally the night before, we just had this conversation around um, being, being in a rut, like, what, like, how do we, like, when we find ourselves in these spiritual ruts, um, what, like what led us there? And then how do we, how do we break out of that? And, uh, man, that was just, it was, uh, so the timing was, you know, uh, I think providential. What were some of the things that came out of that discussion? Yeah. You know, we, we talked a lot about, uh, C.S. Lewis has this great, I'm going to butcher it. So I'll paraphrase. He has this great quote talking about the kind of the long, the long monotony of middle age. Um, and, uh, just this idea that in, in, especially in your, your middle age years that, you know, you're keeping up with home and life and family and, and they're all important, really good, important things, but they, they can start to maybe lose their luster. They can, they can kind of start to blend together. And so we kind of even made the comparison of that with like spiritual middle, middle age, you mm-hmm. know, just like, Hey, I've been a Christian for a little while. And yeah. Oh, I'm a Christian now. And that I've got that converts fire and I'm excited and I'm learning, I'm growing and growth is exciting. Um, everything that's new is exciting, but how do we, how do we respond as believers kind of in our, our spiritual uh, middle age? And so some of the things I think that we, we talked about, okay, well, how do we get into those ruts? How do we, you know, some of that's just, that's just life, this side of eternity. Um, that's circumstances of living in a fallen world. Uh, we talked about uh, sin, uh, sin patterns can really lead us to those places of, you know, cold faith or stagnant faith, um, unrepentant sin, uh, things that, you know, uh, maybe those, uh, uh, you know, kind of the illustration of, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a wound that's festering. It's, it's not like debilitating, but it's there and it's maybe um, distracting us. Um, uh, we talked about um, just trials. I mean, they're just our real trials that we're facing, um, stresses in life. And so trials can be a wonderful opportunity to connect with God, but they also can be um, huge distractions for us. Um, so, yeah, we just talked about a kind of a variety of things that, that lead us into, um, into those ruts. So what solutions did you come away with or did you just leave the group and said well i guess that's just the way it goes no i know oh, we walked but... away super depressed <laughs> so we were like oh, no no uh man it was really good one of the guys there um he uh has been a christian i would say probably coming up in two maybe three decades or so um and so he he talked about uh just like uh, he kind of used the friendship analogy the, the marriage analogy of saying man like what what does it look like to to spark a relationship uh, well, first off, he actually framed it in terms of like, hey, um, comfort is really a sign. It can be a sign of intimacy um, that just because uh, it, uh, your time with Jesus doesn't look like this, you know, incredible, you know, um, you know, this beacon of, of joy and uh, excitement. 
hey, well, you know, that's actually a sign of just comfort and intimacy at times. So don't, so maybe breaking away from some of the patterns of guilt and shame around that. Um, it's actually great when you get to a place where you feel uh, comfortable in your relation with Jesus, at least it can be. Um, but also when there's a, uh, well, when you're in those places of rut, so sometimes you need to mix things up. Um, we are physical creatures and our physical surroundings make a huge impact on us. Honestly, this is why we go on vacations. This is why we kind of thrill at the thought of traveling to new places or seeing new things. Uh, it shifts our perspective. It breaks us out of the kind of uh, the rails we've been uh, running on for a while. It just gives us a chance to um, to launch into something new and maybe see things from a new, new point of view, uh, which I think is really, really helpful. Wow. Those are good. You're, you're such a wise man. I love what mm, you're saying uh, here. Yeah. I'm, I'm really good at taking other people's ideas and sharing them. That's, that's <laughs> like that's you my said, you build gift. leaders. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is excellent. Um, I want to, a couple more things I want to talk yeah. about. And, and one is you mentioned quiet time. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is yours like? I, I love asking yeah. people this. How do you, what does your time with the Lord look like? Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll walk you through that and I'll share kind of even to that question of like, man, what about when prayer feels cold and share there's, there's something I just actually yes. just started maybe a month or two back. Uh, I'd love to share. Uh, but yeah, for me, it, it starts in the morning. That's just probably about the only time of the day when our house is quiet. We've got a five-year-old, three-year-old, another on the way. So, uh, so it's about 4 a.m. For you, Noise right. is a constant. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not a morning person. So that's tough for me. Oh. Uh, but there's it for me, it's, it's a, it's a cup of coffee. Uh, it's, I actually do something called the Moravian reading. Uh, it's been around for hundreds of years out of the Moravian mm-hmm. church in Europe. Uh, and it's a, it's just a, it's a two year reading plan. It's really okay. very, uh, two years is a great pace for me. Uh, sometimes on faster plans, I feel like I'm kind of rushing through stuff and I'm, I'm a marinate kind of guy. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's a little Old Testament, little New Testament, and a little bit of uh, uh, wisdom reading, Psalms and Proverbs. Uh, and so for me, that's it's it sounds cheesy to say, it was a kind of a well balanced diet. <laughs> um, I, I enjoy kind of getting to read uh, a few different points in the Bible simultaneously. So that's really good for me. Uh, and then it really is time in prayer. And so this is, I would say, for me, probably the place where I most consistently have struggled in my relation with Jesus is, is my prayer time. Uh, I, I, I get restless. I get antsy. I get distracted super easily. And, uh, I, uh, I don't know where I got that. Again, I'm, I'm sure I stole this from somebody, but the idea of, uh, visualizing in the middle of prayer mm-hmm. and, you know, not to, not to be like weird about it or anything, but I, I actually, when I've started praying the last couple of months, uh, I've really had that. I try to lock this image in my head, uh, of the, of the empty tomb. So there mm-hmm. you got the empty tomb of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The rock has been rolled away. And, uh, I, I just, honestly, I sit down, I got bad knees. I don't even kneel. I just sit down and on the carpet and I start praying. I imagine that I visualize that I'm sitting right there on top of the rock that's been rolled away. The ro- and so I'm sitting well, you put there yourself the into scripture right there. Yeah. And I kind of draw myself and I imagine actually I visualize that, Hey, Jesus is right there next to me. And we're kind of just looking out over the garden. The tomb is empty. The sun's up and we're just having a conversation and, and, mm. Again, I don't mean for it to sound weird or hyper spiritual or anything like that, but it's it's really intimate. It's mm-hmm. really uh, yeah. a different way of praying than I've ever prayed before. Um, yeah. Again, oh. the emphasis is on the relationship. It's that shoulder to shoulder, the friendship with Jesus. Yeah, we and, talk about uh, one of the big truths when we have that freedom in Christ, and I'm talking about freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity, and that's what helping guys get uh, released from 
yeah. is the fact that Jesus has walks with us. He's not looking over our shoulder. So he's walking with us mm. with his arm on our shoulder, yeah. as opposed to walking behind us, looking over our shoulder to make sure we're doing everything. Oh, right. That's so good. That's a great, that's a great visual. Yeah. You, you uh, alluded to the fact what happens when, when it gets dry, those times, uh, how do you, how do you uh, recover from spiritual dryness or. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I mean, again, this is probably uh, something that's it's relevant in modern times where everyone's about habits now, atomic habits and <laughs> keystone habits and all these habits, 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 habits. Uh, so for me, like I, for me, like prevent an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And so for like identifying for me, what are those life giving those, I mean, John 10, 10, like I came that you have life, I have abundant life. So what are those rhythms, those habits that actually do fill me up in my mm. relationship with God? Uh, for me, it's uh, time in scripture has always been um, central when I'm spending time consistently in scripture and really, again, not, not reading to check off boxes, not reading to kind of rush through something, but really just sitting with it. Um, again, letting, letting it kind of even read me a little bit. Hey, here's what's going on in my life and using it as a mirror. That's so impactful and preventing uh, heading down that way. But when I, I actually am in like a dry place, uh, I was there. Uh, specifically maybe oh, oh well i think covid maybe maybe everyone was during covid <laughs> somewhere or another uh i usually attribute it to just a loss of perspective i've kind of lost perspective about my, on my relationship with god the significance of that um the purpose of my life and so uh, for me leaning on others who know me mm. and and even working up the courage which maybe for some people this is easy it's super hard for me as a pastor in particular i kind of feel like i've got this um I don't know. Like, it's just, I feel like it's just harder for me as a pastor to actually go to someone and say, hey, I'm not really spending a lot of time with Jesus or mm. I am. And it feels really empty, um, but kind of pushing past those lies, pushing past those um, kind of preconceptions that I think I'm just putting on myself more than anyone else uh, and inviting, you know, men in my life, inviting my wife into that. Um, there's something just so freeing about vulnerability about mm. saying, I'm actually not doing great right now. Mm. And I just need you to know that. I, I just need you to know I've kind of kind of lost some perspective here. Um, yeah, that's always been uh, a consistent, uh, really meaningful way for me to kind of start that process of, of breaking out of a rut. Oh, excellent. Hey, thank you for your counsel here. I felt like we've had a half hour counseling appointment together. Hopefully you're not drained. <laughs> no, no, man. This is so good. I love this, John. I love that you're doing this. No, this, this is excellent. Thanks for like, you were vulnerable to us, you know, your highs and your lows and, uh, sharing, uh, letting us into your quiet time too. I appreciate mm. that. Uh, yeah. I just trust as our viewers are, are watching this, that as you hear Joseph speak, maybe rewind and go back and watch some of those parts that really hit home with you and what works for you as mm. you're in a, a place where you want to be walking in freedom with Christ, growing in that relationship. As Paul said, I want to know Christ. Mm. And that's what we're all about here at Fresh Faith 24-7. We're desperate to know Jesus. We're on this journey together and when we hear Joseph talk about this, it's, it's exciting for us. It's an inspiring for us. So thank you for bringing it home. John, yeah, thank you so much, man. Yeah. And uh, as you uh, have this uh, third daughter in your household, <laughs> we'll have you back in about six months and ask you, how's it working? <laughs> <laughs> we see, some, we see some, now? some extra bags under those eyes. Yeah. So your 2 a.m. quiet times. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. 
Hey, God bless you. Yeah, you too, John. Thanks so much. Well, since that interview with Joseph, they did have their third daughter, and uh, they've got a a full house now. It's real active, and uh, I see them every once in a while out walking, but they have a busy life. Uh, And I I ask you to pray for Joseph and his family and this oneness with God, this intimacy with the Lord. I'll tell you, in that busy household, yeah, they need our prayers. Uh, But it's real life. It's fresh faith in real life, and that's what it's all about in these interviews. As we think about uh, a takeaway, and I'm I'm coming away from each one of our interviews in our episodes, What what is the big point? What is the one thing? What is that one takeaway? There are a, a number of things that we could take away from this, and you may have chosen one already. The thing that hit me, uh, and Joseph said this, he said, start with gratitude. Start with gratitude. So when your heart's cold, when you're feeling dry, when that um, sense of closeness to God isn't there, you, you feel some sort of division, start with gratitude. And that's such good advice because when we start thanking the Lord, our hearts come alive. There's something about that. Oftentimes I open up Psalms. There are a lot of Psalms of gratitude. And if we don't have anything on our hearts and we're so dry, we can't even say, thank you, Lord. Going to the Word and going to the Psalms where David documented Psalms of gratitude, even when he was down, that helps us too. So the big takeaway for me, is start with gratitude. I told you you could win something, a big prize, and we're working on this all throughout the month of December as we get set for Christmas. Um, you get this Christmas gift. It'll come January 1st, but you know you can enter between now and January 1st. This is uh, the complete collection of my devotionals. It's the Fresh Faith New Year devotional collection. I've written seven devotionals on various topics to help you in your walk with God. Uh, Your Life with God, 30 Days of Joy is one of them. There's 30 Days of Prayer. Uh, You heard uh, one of the excerpts from that today as I shared from my notes on that. Faith, rest, courage, encouragement. Uh, Then there's one on the character of Jesus, so focusing on Jesus. All of them focus on Jesus, but this one's uh, pretty special. So all those devotionals, you'll get them. They're hard they're, uh, uh, hard copies, so you can write in them, and I'll send them out to you if you're a grand prize winner. And then the eighth one is Corona Season Continues, a Christian Response to the Pandemic. I wrote this last year, well, maybe earlier this year, and I thought uh, COVID was coming to an end, but it, it hasn't. And this book is still applicable, and there's a little journal at the end for you as well in that But this entire collection we're giving away to celebrate the launch of Fresh Faith in Real Life, this new podcast, and giving you a chance to win this complete library of my devotionals. And Corona season continues. And we'll we'll go ahead and uh, draw for this on January 1st at noon on our Fresh Faith 24-7 Facebook page. So be live on January 1st after the parades and during the football games. One entry per person, and here's where you go. Sending you to FreshFaith247.com and you click Contest in the menu. FreshFaith247.com, click on Contest. And that's how you enter. It's time to uh, answer a question from a listener. 
Oh, wait. I have no questions. I have no questions because this is just the second episode. <laughs> and this month, I'm actually uh, asking you for questions. If there's anything that sparked a question from today's episode, uh, send it off to me. And when it comes uh, our January, we will then collect. We've collected questions from December. We'll answer them in January and just continue to ask questions throughout each episode. And we'll answer questions starting in our, our January episodes of Fresh Faith in Real Life. So email your question to me and I'll have a link in the show notes. Link in the show notes to all the things I've talked about here, all the web addresses I'm giving you. John at FreshFaith247.com. John at FreshFaith247.com. I can submit your question. Hey, will you tell a friend, share with a friend this podcast? Will you subscribe to it? Uh, Wherever you're listening to podcasts right now, subscribe to it and tell others about it. And let's spread the word. We want to continue to uh, impart fresh faith in people's lives being used by God in that way. Fresh Faith 24-7 is our membership, our free membership. One of the things that it does, it will enhance your prayer life. Will enhance your prayer life. We talked all about prayer this episode. We've uh, Joseph talked about his prayer life and his time with the Lord and how he communicates with God throughout the day. And we want to make that more of a reality in your life. And that's part of what will happen when you join us in Fresh Faith 24-7. It's a complimentary membership, again, at freshfaith247.com. Well, God bless you, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Got three episodes that we have put in to uh, the podcast um, <laughs> to to the podcast folder, I guess that you can you know binge listen to, and then after the third one, every Wednesday we'll be releasing a new episode. So we'll talk to you next time.